would you trust if your physician was using AI to assist them? Would that make you feel comfortable? Or are you not quite ready to embrace that idea? Let me know. Send me a text, 780-496-0063. We're talking about how ChatGPT and on a broader scale, AI could change the role of physicians. Our guest is founder and CEO of Dot Health, a health data tracker, Huda Idris. Huda, thank you so much for making the time. Really appreciate it. Sure thing. Glad to be here. I think, you know, when we're talking about AI and we're talking about the way that it has just, I think, taken over a lot of our world in in a big way, certainly become a mainstream conversation. The idea Mm -hmm. of this playing a role in medicine makes a lot of sense. But I'm wondering, has the conversation of AI and healthcare come up before Absolutely. This is uh, this is really I call it like this the second wave. But if you look back in the history of artificial intelligence, I'm sure it's more like the fifth or the sixth one. But the second one in recent memory. So you'll recall back in 2016 through about 18, there was a huge wave of Canadian companies that were really um, investing in AI. Now we had leaders in all political parties talking to all of these people in their offices and really welcoming a new wave of AI researchers in Canada. um, and it's definitely made a bit of a comeback uh, now with ChatGPT because it's become a lot more accessible, which is exciting from a technology perspective. And yes, the concept of combining AI with healthcare in order to improve a lot of the cracks in healthcare is is not new, but it's definitely something that's gripped a lot of uh, people's imaginations, especially in a post-COVID world where we're struggling really with with an already strained system in Canada. Yeah, I think the idea of this opening up a lot of opportunities and lending a lot of support to physicians and healthcare mm-hmm. workers, uh, you know, makes a lot of sense, but certainly comes with some um, maybe confusion and certainly some risks that yeah. I think we need we need to talk about. But, you know, just mm-hmm. on the very um, simplest level of the way that this could be um, a, a partner in healthcare, it, it mm-hmm. certainly could increase efficiency, right? Yes, absolutely. I think the technology is really exciting, and anyone can can try it out. They can um, they can go on. They can try to chat with it um, and see it, it come up with responses. And it does sound really human. You don't feel like it's not a person communicating with you. And when it comes to doctors, and unfortunately, the way that healthcare professionals are forced to communicate in our in our system, which is really arcane and, and old, they write a lot of letters. They'll write referral letters. They'll write notes for you on your file. They'll write, you know, post-op, pre-op, uh, clinical notes. Uh, they'll they'll talk to each other via letter, which is usually faxed over. And if there's an AI or or some kind of language model that can write that for them. That's great. I think if it improves efficiency in our system, that's fantastic. But I don't really see that as a an AI that's doing something core to the healthcare problem. Mm. It's just a communications assistant at that point. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's different branches of that communication where that could be helpful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine, you know, um, if, if someone had, if there was a language barrier, if a patient had a language barrier, mm-hmm. or certainly if a doctor was trying to explain you know, a complicated medical plan to try to mm-hmm. communicate that to a patient, that could make a lot of sense. So I think in those ways, yeah, people would probably be on board. Um, what are some of the other ways that you see this being used in a broader sense? Maybe we go a few years down the road or a few months down the road because this is moving really yeah. rapidly. Where do you see this going? I think the most exciting utopia of AI in healthcare is in the realm of predictive diagnoses. 
So basically a learning model that has been fed, for example, all of your health history. And then it comes up with, okay, I've analyzed, you know, hundreds of millions of records of other people. And, you know, people who were, say, diagnosed with this condition tended to have the same diagnostic results that you do. So you might want to get tested for that. And that could look like, for example, um, detecting cancer in early stages where, where we can actually treat it versus a lot of late stage stuff, which is what we do in Canada. One example is pancreatic cancer. We don't often detect it in Canada until stage three or four, at which point it's terminal. That is so exciting. We could save so many lives. People could get better care earlier, but (laughs) it's a big but. (laughs) It does need to be fed a lot of health records of of people. It needs to learn from something. Today, the reason ChatGPT is so exciting and it can do all these things, like you know, write you haikus about the weather or whatever, whatever you, whatever you want, is because it's been fed all this information that we've produced really over the last forty years on the internet. But health records stay entrenched in these old, you know, if you've ever gone to a hospital health records department, it just looks like you're in the 60s. It's so many filing cabinets. You know, we we lose health records to floods pretty frequently. Um, That data is not easily accessible. And because of the privacy regulations around it, it would be really challenging for any learning model to be able to access that information to come up with something cool, like predictive diagnoses that save lives. So, okay, so I have a couple questions too. What about Mm. misdiagnoses? That's that's one of them. But when we look up the data that needs to be collected, Mm -hmm. I I mean, would we need need some sort of buy-in then? Everybody would need to consent to providing those records, right? So we could have a bit of a complicated road to get there. Yeah, absolutely. So there could be a couple pathways there. The way it stands today in Canada, all of your healthcare providers are considered health information custodians for your data. So, you know, in the event that health information custodians, for example, are given some kind of power by the government to be able to lend this information for science on your behalf, maybe that's a faster pathway there. But I do believe there is a lot of patient consent that needs to play a role, and I'm a big believer in it. Um, We've built .health really around explicit patient consent. People could donate their data potentially for research. We could also anonymize it. So there are ways to anonymize the data so it never gets traced back to you or me, but that data is still helping research. And I think I think that's probably the way to go. Yeah, I feel like that would be a comfortable place for, for most people. I, I want to talk about some of the risks, though. Um, you know, mm-hmm. do we trust do we trust AI? Maybe not quite yet, but shortly, yeah. you know, to diagnose you or, or create these um, predictive diagnoses. And would that ultimately replace a physician? I, I want to get to some of those questions in just a moment, but we do have to take a very short break. So we're going to come right back into this conversation. I promise we'll be fast. Our guest, Huda Idris, is the founder and CEO of Dot Health, a health data tracker. We're talking about how ChatGPT and artificial intelligence can change the role of physicians and what it could potentially look like. Chelsea on Chat will be right back in three minutes. We're talking about ChatGPT and artificial intelligence, how it could play a role in helping physicians. Our guest is the founder and CEO of Dot Health, a health data tracker. Huda Idris is back with me. Huda, thank you so much for sticking around on hold. Really appreciate your time. Sure. So I wonder if AI could essentially, eventually replace physicians or replace some support workers in the medical field. Where do you see, where do you see that going? I think that 
the concept of replacing doctors is scary for a lot of people, but we have to understand that we make doctors do a lot of things that actually is not really in their wheelhouse. You know, you don't go to medical school to learn to be an administrative assistant or to send faxes, for example. So if you have a tool that helps you make some of those pieces of your process a lot easier so that doctors in Canada are not spending hundreds of hours every week just, you know, just um, having to respond to stuff or even just completing their EMR um, uh, for every patient visit, then is then that can actually save time and help them see more patients. And I think that's where AI could really help. It, you know, we, we have some, some technologies that help them with this already. You've heard doctors do dictation, mm-hmm. and those notes get compiled and, you know, in some cases proofread by a, a, a program and then put into your EMR where the doctor didn't actually type them. I think that's totally fine. When it comes to the functions that they can, that they can do, you know, in a lot of cases, primary care providers, which are in shortage everywhere in this country, do a lot of work where you don't necessarily need to go in to see them. They just need to collect a list of your symptoms and tell you what they think you probably have. And with about 80% accuracy, if there's a way to be able to get there, that's great. The problem I think comes up when the moment you know that there's an artificially intelligent neural network answering you, you tend to be a lot more skeptical of anything it's going to say. You know, a human being could miss, miss a diagnosis. They could, you know, fatally miss a diagnosis, and they do. And an AI could do it too. But if it's the AI, it's it feels like a much bigger problem because it can scale so rapidly and potentially misdiagnoses for thousands of other people. Yeah, I um, mean, I can see I can see us getting to that point where as as a society we are more comfortable with the idea of an AI, you know, helping to diagnose us or mm. you know, maybe for something that you would see um, a family physician or or a GP for that maybe isn't, you know, quite so serious, um yeah. certainly not trying to suggest that they don't that they don't handle serious issues, but mm. but I don't know that we are quite ready for it yet. Do you, where, when do you see AI being introduced to to help physicians or to you know to really play a larger role? How far away are we? I really look at a lot of artificial intelligence as sort of you know two parts. There's sort of a less evolved AI, which are you know in programming terms basically a bunch of if statements. It acts sort of like your autocorrect, where it's predicting what you're going to say because it knows how you talk. Hmm. Um, that is a lot simpler and I think can be put in use right away. It can help you communicate. It can be a digital assistant, whatever you want. But there's the other part of it, which is the actual intelligent part where you're feeding it language models. There's a lot of machine learning. There's a lot of neural network um, computing that's happening. And I think that part is not, not anywhere ready to be used in healthcare settings. And to be honest, until it has that data that we were talking about previously, you know, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of health records for patients where it can learn from a lot of these and learn to say what it needs to say in order for it to be useful, that is quite a ways away. I mean, the government, lots of people would have to come together to really open up access to health records in order for AI to do that function. Um, but I also think it's going to carry a lot of mistrust from the patients and, and rightfully so. AIs, and if you've talked to ChatGPT, you know this already, it will often make things up. 
Mm. And do you want someone, you know, you want a system or a neural network making something up when it comes to your health? Probably not. Right. Um, that's I, that's the, the big bottleneck, I think, here. It, yeah, it's so interesting to imagine, you know, what AI is going to look like and the role that it's going to play in several different industries and just in our lives in, I think, the very near future. I think this could give pa- patients a little bit more ownership of their health. I imagine, you know, at-home monitoring or tracking devices and that being something that maybe could be the beginning of us getting comfortable with AI when it comes to our healthcare. Do you see any movement happening in that area? Yeah, so I was actually going to mention there's a number of systems that have come up prior that have tried to go down that if statement route that I was talking about, the easier part of AI. You know, if you have a cough and if you also have a runny nose, then you may have one of these five things. And we saw that with Babylon, which is a UK company, and Ada, which I also believe is either UK or, or some other part of Europe, um, which did basically basically those if statements to just kind of get you along the way. It's a little bit like WebMD. It's not hurting anybody. It's just there. You don't have to follow it. Um, so I think there are ways that people have tried going down this route. And I think they could get better in the future. Um, I, would, I would love if they could start getting implemented in an opt-in capacity because we know there's you know hundreds of thousands of Canadians on waiting lists today for surgeries, for just seeing a doctor. There's a million people out of what you, you could, Alberta's about four, four and a half million people, if I'm not mistaken. About a million of them don't even have a family doctor. So you, you start to look at those stats, you're like, okay, this can't be that bad. There are people who have nobody. What if we gave them something? They could opt in, they could get comfortable, they could give consent, and then we'll start down the path of, okay, do you like it? Could we expand it and go from there? It, yeah, it, obviously it could help with, I think, some of those shortfalls and gaps that we see in our healthcare industry. And maybe sooner than we think, AI can increase power and effectiveness. Uh, it doubles every six to 10 months. And ChatGPT mm-hmm. just passed the U.S. medical licensing exam. It is way smarter than we realize that it is. So It's uh, incredible. Where where it's going to go is so interesting to, to think about and try to imagine. Huda, thank you so much for your time and for your great perspective this afternoon. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Take care. Bye. Huda Idris is the founder and CEO of Dot Health, a health data tracker, talking about artificial intelligence and chat GPT maybe playing a role in your healthcare, uh, certainly helping physicians at least be more efficient, just at least at the very, very start of what this could look like if it was introduced into our healthcare system.